This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Dr. Rokisha Ashley, and she is going to give us the game on her new book. This is her first book, folks, so give her a round of applause because the whole series I know she has in her in her mind, her book is called The Sunflower Child, and Rokisha, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm doing well. And Sunflower Child, since its release, has been totally blossoming. So I'm really excited about the message of the book. And I'm just so excited for parents to get it in the hands of their children. Okay, you got to let us know what is the book about and why? More importantly, even why did you make this book? Right. So let me just say, for those who may not know, I am a Black girl. Um, And growing up, I grew up in a space called Little Haiti in Miami, Florida. Um, All of my love goes to Little Haiti. And Liberty City, which is a neighboring smaller city in Miami, these are both spaces that have been integral in my my me being produced as an adult. And although those spaces were such areas of joy and significance remembrance for me it was also difficult negotiating some of the offshoots of racism that happened in those spaces and particularly that was colorism so when I was younger myself and other women um during that time and probably some little girls now today were encouraged not to be in the sun for too long even though summers in Miami are year-round It was like, no, don't go out too much. You're going to get darker. And these comments from my elders um, who loved me, you know, in spite of everything, were comments about protection almost because they had witnessed and experienced, you know, the direct related, you know, social issues that were related to complexion. So in an effort to try to protect our children, Um, That was one of the mechanisms that they did. And one thing that I see now is that we really need to restructure that conversation and reproduce that narrative um, and help our girls to understand that despite what may be going on in society, we have to recognize those things, but we have to change the rhetoric and say, what do we think about ourselves? And we have to own what our complexion is and love ourselves. And part of that is using the sun for nutrients. And that's primarily what I wanted to do was to make sure that young black and brown girls would be able to see themselves in this book, be able to understand that their melanin is magic and it gives them power and that they are beautiful. Well, you know, this this topic, you're going to forgive me, but this this bothers me. And I and I never knew in little Haiti of all places, black people uh, we're saying this because I'm from the West Coast. I'm from Cali, and I don't remember hearing that, you know, in, in in Oakland or through the whole Bay Area, like don't play in the sun. So is this a certain age range of, you know, um, like right now they might be 60 and up, and this is that old way of thinking, the same way 
for my love locks. You know, that generation. Oh, why do you have your hair like that? And because I'm not asking you for a job, I'm creating jobs. <laughs> so that's why I have my hair because I can do what I want to do now. And it's not white people holding or saying anything about our hair or our skin, at least to our face. It's our own. So in Little Haiti, was this, I mean, is this still going on? Like someone of our age, are they still on this tip? Well, what I will say is that based on different geographical spaces, the way that colorism may manifest will look differently, right? So it may not be as direct as don't play in the sun. It may be used as a mechanism of, well, apply this, this particular cream at night to make sure that you don't get darker or something like that. And these are particular practices that are given to young girls as early as the age of seven or nine. What I will say is that generationally, as we move forward, as we have the, the consciousness, right, um, further developing. So we had civil rights era, and now we have like Black Lives Matter movement. So there's an awakening of what is appropriate for us, what's better for us, what it looks like to be recognized for us. So I think that that shifts the ideologies of the adults like me growing up. So I can say, I won't impart that to my child. But we have to think about that particular generation, maybe, you know, the um, maybe they're probably like in their 50s or above now, they had encountered that from their parents, right? Um, so I, I think that as we move along with time, these conversations get easier and they get better. However, I, I wouldn't say that they do not exist. I think that they're pretty, pretty, pretty potent right now still. And we can see that as evidence from uh, the amount of skin whitening products that we see in our beauty supply stores. And that's where I started Sunflower Child, essentially, because this particular book was derived from research, um, which was published in the Howard Journal of Communications. And in that particular piece, I was able to highlight how skin whitening is like the inception of it from children and also how it's culturally reinforced and sustained. So, and this study was completed in 2017. So that was just a few years ago. Um, so I think that it's important to recognize that maybe those conversations aren't as explicit anymore, but they're definitely there. Well, we learn something every day because if you guys, you know, a majority of our folks are listeners, so they don't see us. But if you guys jump over to the YouTube, you will see that Rokisha looks like a young Coco Jones. I mean, she could be any type of Instagram model. She just decided to go get her education and not pose every day so that you had these issues um, and you wrote the book to hopefully, you know, help your daughter um, probably first to say, I want to help her with whatever, you know, people will tell you, you are beautiful. Same thing I tell my, tell my daughters. Um, have you seen an impact when she sees her, you know, self on that page? Oh, my gosh. She is so funny because one thing I've been doing some virtual readings with um, classes in D.C., Houston, Miami, a lot of places. And aside from my daughter, Emery, when I open the book, I ask the kids, I say, does this look like someone you know? And they'll either call out a classmate or say Dr. McStuffins or something like that. So I'm so happy that the illustrations can represent them or represent somebody that they know to make the story a bit more tangible for them. With Emery, if I open the book, she's like, mommy, that's me. 
you know? And then one of the pages of the book, it describes how the parents are talking to the child, which the mom says, your melanin makes you beautiful and it makes you worthy. And these are just very small little bites of information that we can give to our children that is definitely empowering that they'll remember forever because these are the formidable years that you know they're engaging in. So these lessons and these rituals that we provide to them at this age, they're definitely going to be impactful for the rest of their life. And what about you know friends, cousins who have seen the book? Because I'm you know kids will say, "Hey, that's me," you know. And and, and have you seen any reaction or an impact with them? Yes, absolutely. And it's so it's so funny because um, one of my good friends who I went to high school with. His daughter, like she is the darkest hue and so beautiful. And he was like, you know, I really want my daughter to meet you, which in about, a, in, in about two weeks, I'm going to be doing a socially distanced reading. So I invited her, but he was like, you know, my daughter, she can't believe that I know the author. And when I think about that, like, I want to just go up to her and say, listen, you are just like me. You know, I was here. You'll grow up to be great and wonderful. And, you know, when she looks at the book, you know, she can repeat the things back to herself. And he was like, she reads it every day. And I was like, you know, that's, that's the impact that I wanted. I want them to, to engage in it, recite it, remember it if they want to, so that it's lived in their experience. And that's such a beautiful thing and a beautiful story. I'd like you now to um, tell the audience, what did it take to make this book? Because when I think back when I wrote my first London and Sydney dot com is what I say <laughs> book, I think about how much time I put into it, how expensive it was. And then when I did the second book, I was like, actually, this is getting easier every book that I do. But you know, that first one, it's like, you got to learn everything. So what were your first steps in learning how to create a children's book, how to self-publish a book and, and, you know, trying to market a book is a whole nother class. Wow. So it's so funny how, you know, I'm, I feel like in my life right now, I'm completely aligned with my purpose. And in saying that is that I feel like a lot of instances in my life, like I've engaged in and later on life comes full circle. And when I was in third and fourth grade in a gifted program at my elementary school, my teacher had us write books for one another. And back then it was about, you know, my sister who was of course my idol at the time and you know what she was doing. And now looking back, it's like that prepared me for this moment to think back in the mind of a child and what be, what will be able to be most impactful in their reading right? Because I do want parents to read the book to the children, but even in the illustrations, like my daughter's three, she can't read yet, but she looks at the pictures and she reads it for herself. So she say, and I look in the mirror and I'm pretty. Of course, that's not what the text says, but that's what she gets from the images. So from even creating the, the, um, the text, to working with my illustrator, Debbie J. Hefke, who was so integral in this process. It was a lot of negotiation in terms of my own self, making sure that what I wrote would resonate, um, testing it on actual children. This was like my 24th version of the book. And um, also just, you know, 
testing it on parents as well. Do you do you feel like this is appropriate for your child? Is it too um, straightforward? Does this open the conversation about colorism for you and your kid? Um, so it was it was definitely a process, and I think, like you said, you know, as you go on, it'll get easier. But it was so much love, and this was like a three year project for me to complete and produce. And then the marketing of it, oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a whole nother conversation. Um, I'm so grateful that so far the book has been on Black Enterprise, um, NBC News, of course, with you now, which I'm so glad, you know, Black media is, is covering this because it's so important. Um, it, it's definitely something to be highlighted, but then there's so many other books that don't get the shine that mine has, you know? I have, if we look up, this is like my media corner, which I'm in, in my daughter's room. But if up here, all of her books, you know, at least 70% of them are, you know, Vashti Harrison, other authors um, and illustrated who are Black so that she can see herself. And I hopefully once, you know, I'm kind of done with my press one for Sunflower Child, that's what I want to focus on too, making sure all of us get some light of day. No, and you know, we have to put a highlight that you're getting on these shows because you've hired a publicist. Uh, my audience knows I'm a consultant, I'm a publicist. Um, you know, you're getting on this show because your publicist, you know, sent a press release, did it professionally, um, that made folks say, Hey. I'm going to open this and take interest where, you know, a lot of folks, they, they don't do that. They just expect magic to happen. So that's an additional cost. So kudos to you for doing that. What made you take that step to, you know, do that? Well, actually, so interestingly enough, I'm actually a PR practitioner by trade. And I was, I, I did PR for about five or six years while I was in graduate school. And now that I'm a professor, I'm in my third year in the academy. And what's so helpful is that we, because I was going to do everything myself. <laughs> and you know what that's like as a professional to be pitching six, 700 outlets, getting a hundred bounce back emails, scheduling a hundred interviews uh, and doing different op-ed pieces. It would be a lot. And fortunately enough, my institution has a department that helps facilitate that interaction. So of course, on my part, um, I was looking at one of my good friends um, who's in the, in the industry, Casey Adams-Jones, uh, who has gotten clips in um, Essence and, you know, major outlets. So when I was, you know, looking for someone to help me, it was definitely someone Black-owned, someone who, you know, had the experience and would definitely get it done. Okay. And, and that's a beautiful thing. She had the, the hookup, the homie hookup from the job, right. which, you know, <laughs> is, is even, uh, e even, even better um, that you're using the resources because, you know, even though you are a professor, I just made a rant today that, teachers especially aren't getting paid what they're supposed to but expected to do more and you know it's not like your salary because it might be virtual some of your classes if not all has gone up but you know it, it's it's a great thing that you use those resources now you being a PR professional and author you haven't stopped there 
You also are a director of uh, what is it? The Ashley Research. I mean, talk about that. Is that your company? Yes. So are you also an entrepreneur? Yes. Um, so I can run the list down of and it's so funny. I was talking to my spouse yesterday about what does the next 10 years look like for my personal professional journey? And um, yesterday when I was talking about it, I was like, you know, Ashley Research Associates hasn't been getting exactly all the attention that I wanted to get because I'm on the tenure track. So I have to make sure that I publish enough research and do a good job teaching in that service so that I get a promotion to associate professor and get tenure. Um, but essentially, Ashley Research Associates, after that's done, um, is a organization that focuses on health, cultural health communication. So making sure that so making sure that health institutions are appropriately communicating with people who look like me and you. And what we do know, um, very widely known, is that in the medical field that there is a lot of discrimination and racism. And unfortunately, what happens is that that results into fatalities for mothers and, and who are bearing their children, for Black babies, for people who are coming, for Black people who are coming in with um, you know, diabetes or pain or something like that, and they're not being diagnosed correctly or at all, and being sent home with something that isn't going to treat what's happening to them, and then they end up passing. Um, so what I want to do with that particular company is make sure that I'm going into almost every health institution in the country and saying, hey, how are you producing your communication for your particular organization? How are you, how are your physicians communicating with your patients? What does that look like? And a lot of health organizations or hospitals have patient relations and things like that because I actually serve on the advisory board for a large health institution in Miami. However, there's never a real cultural, racial context in understanding how to divulge messages about health. So that's what I want to do with Ashley Research Associates. Well, man, we're going to talk offline about some stuff. Uh, the, the audience, yeah, the audience knows. I, I love anything with healthcare and why, because we have a business in healthcare, and you know, I it's just amazing how folks don't get it. I think sometimes they don't get it, Ashley, because it's who they hire. Either they hire what I say a safe hire, you know, hey, looks black or brown, but doesn't talk black or brown um, or somebody who is just a mazungu, a white person using my Swahili folks. And, and they are just picking someone who sounds like they get it, but they don't know. And and, you know. Places like the PGA are terrible at that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, white person promoting Black History Month, but won't do black media unless it's the Har Harvard Review or something safe like that. So I definitely get that. So, man, kudos to you. You got all of, you know, you got the all of the purposes. It's in a circle. Your books, <laughs> the entrepreneur, career. Tell me, with all of the success that you are going to have and that you are having right now, what is a community give back that you are doing right now are going to do in the future? Because we know the best is yet to come. Oh, my gosh. You know, I went I'm from Miami, Florida, and I went off to school for nine years. I was in Gainesville, then Delaware, then Missouri. And thank you, God, that I ended up back home in Miami. 
And I say that because during my time in Miami as, as a youth, you know, up until I was 18, I was so heavily involved in the community. Big Brothers Big Sisters, Eco Club, Miami Youth Council, uh, Miami Children's Zone. I mean, I was, anything I could do for my community, I was doing it. And the first two years that I've been here, I've been laying low very low because I was trying to get my boundaries. You know, I, I was taking care of my daughter. Um, I was a single parent at the time and, you know, starting a new job, bought my first house. Now I'm ready. And Sunflower Child offers a very good avenue for me to do that. So aside from the sunny socially distanced reading that I'm going to be doing on February 20th, Next month, I plan on doing a drive-by drop-off because I know that although a lot of the girls in my community, Little Haiti and Liberty City, um, would love to have a copy of Sunflower Child, I remember my mom was not able to buy things like books. And not saying that everybody in this community is disadvantaged in that way, but I think that it will be helpful for young girls to be able to have it and mothers not have to sack mothers or fathers or caregivers have to sacrifice to be able to buy it um so along with that they'll be getting a copy of the book some sunscreen sunflower seeds to eat and to plant because that is a snack of the season and um also some other resources from the book with coloring pages crayons and affirmations that they can recite to themselves i plan on getting back into um Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and also con continuing my service like on a very professional level. So continuing to work with health organizations, volunteering my time to make sure that they are adequately serving their patients of color. So are you Haitian? I know more than Haitians live in Little Haiti, but are you of Haitian descent? No, it's funny because sometimes I tell people I'm more Haitian than anything, but no, I'm not Haitian. I'm Caymanian and Bahamian. But growing up in the space is like, you have no choice. <laughs> oh, and, and I and I asked that just because I, I wanted to know, could the book be translated to, you know, Creole or maybe even oh, Spanish? Man. That's it. It's done. That's done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> done thank it, you <laughs> it, it, it's it's a gift so we try to use it in the best way so you are welcome you you guys have gotten the game i want you to go click the links in the description box go buy the book and if you say hey i can't buy the book like i've always told you before go demand it at your local library you can go see on amazon and say hey we want this book and then let the librarian tell you oh we can or this is what we need and you know Dr. Ashley is going to make sure that it's available for the library. So you guys like, share, subscribe. You have gotten the game. I thank you, Akeisha, for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.